everybody, and welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast. My name is Thomas Frank, and this is a show that helps you become a more effective student. And like the College Info Geek uh, brand as a whole, I guess you could call it, through video, through podcast, through blog posts, this show focuses on helping you become a more efficient learner, uh, somebody who can get the jobs they want to get, and ultimately somebody who can master their money and defeat student debt. Now, uh, that last one is the focus of today's episode because I'm actually doing something a little special today. I'm going to introduce you to the other podcasts that I'm a part of. So if you're not aware, I actually do a second podcast called Listen, Money Matters, and the history behind this uh, will be apparent to you if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, because back in episode 21 of this show, I had a couple of the guys uh, on the show who had a podcast called Listen, Money Matters, and we had this group podcast. It's one of the only episodes I've ever done with two guests, and we talked about managing money, uh, how each of us got into personal finance and learned to manage our own finances with some degree of competency. And it was a good time. And I actually ended up becoming friends with both the hosts, Andrew and Matt. It was super fun. I went on their show a few times, ended up hanging out with them at a uh, conference called Podcast Movement. It was a ton of fun. And um, after a while, Matt actually decided to leave the show because he wanted to tackle other topics in his work besides money. But I didn't want to let the show die because it was actually my daily uh, ritual to go out on a walk and listen to it. Um, At the time, they were doing daily episodes, and I absolutely loved the banter between them. They actually made personal finance kind of fun. You know, they talked about the beers they were drinking and the things they were doing in their lives and just, you know, made a grand old time out of it. I loved it. So uh, I basically messaged Andrew once they decided to kind of part ways with the show. And I said, hey, if you need a co-host, I would be willing to take over temporarily, which I did starting January 2015 and temporarily sort of turned into permanently. So once a week, Andrew and I get on the mic and we either talk to a guest expert in some realm of personal finance or we just, uh, you know, have back and forth banter between the two of us and we tackle a topic that people have been asking us about or that we think is interesting in the realm of mastering your money. So if you haven't listened to Listen Money Matters yet, uh, today's episode is actually one that's already been published on the Listen Money Matters show. I'm going to republish it here on the CIG podcast to sort of introduce you to the show and uh, maybe give you a taste of what it's all about. Maybe you'll like it. And if you do, there are about 300 back episodes, um, some of which I am the host on and most of which I'm not. But all those back episodes are there and you can check them out and you can start learning about how to you know, be better with your money. So in this particular episode, we talk about how to use credit cards wisely and we'll go over the uh, the factors that impact your credit score, how you should actually use a credit card and what you should do if maybe you are in some trouble with credit cards or maybe even if you have never used a credit card before. Now, I do want to give one uh, little warning here. Uh, The show is a little bit more explicit than the College Info Geek podcast. I generally try to keep this show very clean. Um, I don't really feel like a need to make it vulgar or anything, but with Listen Money Matters, it's just a little bit more casual, and uh, occasionally a swear word or two will fly, and I have not taken the time to bleep the words out here because as a college podcast, I think most of you guys are mature enough to know what word is being said, even if there's a bleep over it. So just be forewarned, there's like maybe four or five instances of uh, dirty language in this show. Nothing terribly offensive, I don't think, but maybe don't play with your grandma around. That being said, I think the content of the episode is useful and um, 
Hopefully you enjoy it. So you can find the show notes for this episode over at the CIG podcast, uh, not the CIG podcast, CIGpodcast.com. That just takes you over to the podcast page on College Info Geek, gives you a list of every episode on the site. You can scroll right to the episode 66 link and you will see it sitting right there. And um, you'll find the show notes there. I've linked to the actual show notes over on the Listen Money Matters website. You'll also be able to find just the link to all the episodes of Listen Money Matters, which you can find by going to listenmoneymatters.com slash show. Uh, And you can also subscribe to that on whichever podcast app you listen to this show on. And if you want to support this show, you can also leave a rating and review on iTunes. So that's all I got to say. I'm going to cue to the intro music for that show and enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Good work ain't cheap, and cheap work ain't good. My name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking today? Dude, I'm fantastic. And today, I'm drinking something that you cannot buy on the shelves. Really? Yeah, dude. My buddy uh, in Cali, like, buddy from back in college. We, like, lived together for three years. He's working on starting his own brewery. And he sent me some of his beers, and they have, they have like a fancy label and everything, and uh, it's like super cool. So it's it, his brewery's called or going to be called, or, or I don't know the, the status yet, but it's Crown Heights Brewery. Uh, the beer is Imperial Breakfast Stout, mm. and it's a nine percent APV. Damn tasty. Very nice. I was expecting you to be like, oh, my buddy, you know his uh, his grandpa has a whiskey still out in the backwoods of Tennessee, so we took a hike out there. <laughs> got some moonshine well no. i got finally the buffalo sweat mm. and it isn't frozen this time <laughs> so hopefully my brother doesn't care that i'm stealing his beer but he's left it in my fridge for about three weeks now so uh sorry brian <laughs> how is it is it uh it's pretty good actually yeah it's it's pretty good i was kind of like hoping it wouldn't be too oatmeal-y and it's actually a really nice nice uh mix between oatmeal and beer dude so i got some like oats in there some squats in there yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh okay so that reminds me so um a a few people have like sent beer and stuff and it's been like super cool and um this girl jessica was like can i have your address i want to send you send you like a little gift i'm like sure you know so and uh so i give her my address and uh there's like this huge box one day when i get home like ginormous box and i'm like all right like i'm like super excited and like and it's like really really heavy too it's like I, there must be like a dead body in here or something so <laughs> carry it out like, i'm two- really excited <laughs> now i'm like really excited because <laughs> it's a dead body and i love dead bodies no so i carried up two flights of steps and i open it up and it's 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 like a bunch of like swag from i guess where she works uh bob's red mill Okay. And uh, so it has like all these like things, and and in there is a twenty five pound bag of steel cut oats, just like this huge. Oh, it's like nice. bigger than like the biggest dog food bag you could ever find, and it's just. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Laura and I are like, what can we do with the steel cut oats? We're like, we'll make like homemade granola bars or something, like <laughs> a million of them. <laughs> you can make some good stuff with steel cut oats. Oh, you can also squat them true that dude (laughs) i don't know what that means though i don't know either anyway today's catchphrase was good work ain't cheap and cheap work ain't good and that is from our friend daniel merle at the duke daniel on twitter 
Also, thanks for helping out with our uh, Google Plus stuff, Daniel, because I don't think either Andrew or I know yeah. what we're doing with it. We were like leaning on him for guidance because <laughs> he, he's he's the Google Plus man. He's actually running our Google Plus page. Yeah. So, so as we record this, we did the tax webinar last night, and I think it went pretty well, you know, once we figured out all the tech stuff. Yeah, it went good. I mean, Johnny's internet is it must be like three to five dollars a month. It cut out a few times, and but uh, it, it was awesome. There's a ton of questions, and I think we should do it again. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, we definitely should. And if we do it on uh, things that aren't taxes, then I'll have more to say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do like a, a five questions or like a, a hundred and five yeah. questions or something. We'll just that could be cool. Yeah, a lot of the questions it was like. Uh, okay, how do I like take advantage of like the Safe Harbor Act or something? Like, I don't, I've never even heard. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, and moving Glad on. We have Johnny here. Ex- yeah, that question had like every keyword in it. I, I couldn't parse it yep. in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, what are we talking about today? So today we are talking about how to use a credit card. Oh, cut and, it up, burn it, don't ever, never use it. Don't just see, don't. That's the thing. Like, no, <laughs> no. So. Uh, I feel like, um, well, I love talking about the investing stuff and, you know, I want to make sure we cover like the whole broad swath of finance and we were, you know, with the whole redesign, we're organizing the site and we noticed that there's like not much debt stuff in there. Hmm. And I know a lot of people personally who are like deathly afraid of credit cards or just like use them like so incorrectly. It it, like makes my skin boil. So I think we need to like give some legit time to to set this the the record straight okay cool yeah uh i i feel like i'm okay at using credit cards so so, so why like how do you use it well my credit score is pretty good you were checking before like, we came on you said it was like what 760 are you like supposed to tell your credit your credit score to people <laughs> <laughs> no they, they could steal your identity if they know if they know the number yeah a capital one i'm the guy that has the you know 766 credit score oh yeah okay yeah we don't need your name we don't need anything yeah we'll get you a new card (laughs) yeah no so i my my score is a 766 and i have no idea uh if that is good for my age or not but i think it's awesome it's a pretty good score so yeah uh i've had a credit card since 2009 i want to say Oh my God, you're so young. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 18. I think I had a credit uh, card since like 2003 or something. It okay. was like my first year in college and they just like, they're like, I'll give you a free Frisbee if you sign this form. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll sign that form. So maybe you know something about this. Mm. Uh, have the laws changed on like how the companies can do that in the past like, six or seven years because i don't remember getting any credit card offers as a student you know uh i i remember i think it was like towards the end of when i was in college there was a lot of like news stuff where like kids were literally committing suicide they were still in college and they racked up like 20k in debt which is like mind-blowing because they had like no income and i think like like a dog could get a credit card so (laughs) they must have toned it down it was it was really ridiculous you know, the student loan thing is ridiculous onto itself, but for the interest rates to be like 20%, oh. like that's like loan sharking. Okay, I'm looking it up here. Uh, there was this thing called the Credit Card Act of 2009 that makes it really difficult for anyone under the age of 21 to qualify for a credit card. And it said in February 2010, 
No one under the age of 21 will be approved for a credit card unless a parent or guardian is willing to co-sign or the person shows proof of sufficient uh, income to cover the obligation. So that would explain why I was not getting Frisbees with credit card offers at, <laughs> when I started college because I was late 2009. I was confusing because in high school, I think I took a personal finance class, which was awful because everyone else in the class was taking it for easy A. But I remember the teacher saying like, yeah, you're going to go to college and they're going to like, they're going to back a dump truck up to your dorm and you're going to open the door and they're going to dump 500 credit cards into your dorm and you're going to swim in them and they're going to give you free water bottles and hookers and all kinds of stuff. And none of that ever happened. I'm so. saying that I'm really <laughs> disappointed that the free hookers was not available when I was going to school. <laughs> I didn't get it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it was weird. But I think in you know, before this act got passed, I, I want to say maybe I applied for a credit card with Capital One as an 18 year old. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they applied it, they approved it, but it was only like a $500 limit. Yes. Yes. Ah. I, did. I had part time jobs and stuff. So okay. maybe that was, maybe it was yeah, maybe it was that because before, like, I got a credit card, I had no income. Like, I just was, a, I was a deadbeat. Yeah. Well, that's what you want to be. Exactly. <laughs> How do you use a credit card? Let's, Be let's, a deadbeat. Let's yeah. Let's clear the air here. Uh, the the ideal, the ideal usage of a credit card, and I'm going to take a firm stand here is that you be a deadbeat. And what a deadbeat means is that you do not make the credit card company any money whatsoever. Mm. Meaning that you get your credit card, you use it within reason, and then you pay it off the entire balance every single month on time. Because the companies, they only make money, or maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but they only make money off the interest, right? So almost all of the cards, yes. There, there are some okay. like uh, the fancy Amexes of like a yearly fee. Or, oh, that's right. And yeah. I, I don't use them because it's like it's literally against my religion to pay to use a credit card, you know? And they're like, we'll give you concierge yeah. service. It's like, well, no, I mean, I have Google. Like, that's pretty good. It's free. Yeah. So I guess we have... Uh, like a spectrum of people who will give you advice on credit cards uh, ranging from your jobless uncle who went to the school hard knocks and tells you to never even touch a credit card, burn any credit card you have and never use credit. Uh, you have that person on that end. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have people like our good friend, Travis, who like hacks credit cards to get thousands of flyer miles and flies to Fiji for free. <laughs> which still baffles me because I, I, I feel like it's like an epic amount of work to figure that out and it is yeah like if you, if you go to flyer talk the forums for freaking flyers like the amount the staggering amount of information there makes playing uh like crusader kings seem easy <laughs> <laughs> like you could freaking become a chess master before you would know all that stuff um i think the frequent flyer thing is like there's going to be a certain percentage of people who know how to game the system, who know the exact things to do to actually benefit mm. from it. But for most people, objectively, you probably would end up spending more money in the long run just by getting, like, just through the psychological tweaks these programs usually, like have on most people. The actual like, extra spending you do, the the likelihood that it is you'll carry a balance, you probably end up spending more than you would on a on a plane ticket. You know. You know? And and I agree. And and while I'm I'm definitely not a, a churning pro. Um, when I was looking at credit card rewards, when I was choosing my thing, oftentimes the actual miles themselves 
are worth are, are worth less than the dollar equivalents. So I'm mm. I'm pretty sure when like Travis is doing his thing, he's also coupling it with like specific timing so that yeah. the, the tickets are whatever and like specific deals so that he's actually like it's actually worth it for him. Because for yeah. people who just like willy nilly like use their cards and they don't want to think about it, like cash back from what I I've calculated is king. Yeah, and for for miles, like if you just get a card that has miles and you, you buy miles on it, that's not how you rack up crap tons of miles. Mm. Uh, like, there's one thing I saw on Travis's site once. It's called an Apporama, where uh, you know, so like if you get a hard pull on your credit history by a company when you sign up for a card, then it can ding your credit score, right? Mm. So an Apporama is something where you like sign up for a bunch of credit cards all at the same time, so they all hard pull you at the same time, and like none of them has a chance to ding before the other one sees. Huh. And then I think like these people, they can get lots of sign up bonuses for all these different cards. Or it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I have to buy a new computer. I might as well grab a new card, get the sign up bonus, then get like the, oh, I spent three thousand dollars within the first five months bonus, and now you're sitting on fifty thousand miles through a promotion. Hmm. But the actual like, I'm gonna get miles from going to the grocery store and rack it up stuff like that. They they obviously make money on it. So on the aggregate people end up spending more than they actually end up making. Otherwise, yeah. the, pro- the program wouldn't exist. So, so I want to get in deeper how to use it, but I just want to say, like, yeah. I was reading this thing, and so, you know, like that whole 50,000 miles thing, um, there's such a thing as miles inflation, where, mm. like, these airline companies, they're not giving you more. Like, they're certainly <laughs> not giving you more. If anything, they're giving you less, and so they... What they do is like 50,000 miles and then everyone's desensitized to 50,000 miles. Like, we'll give you 100,000 miles. And you know what they do? They just raise the amount of miles it requires to get X, you know? Yeah. So, like, like the, the number is arbitrary. Well, that's the thing. And, like, and the miles that you got from those 50,000, maybe they can get you a flight. But if you sit on it for a few months, it may not work anymore. The, yeah, the number of times you abstract uh like the the unit you're giving from the actual value like you can pad you can sort of pad every level so if if the value it's is flight you know there's like money in between the flight and then there's miles in between the money you there's like padding that can be added anywhere to the actual value of the flight you know yeah, and it's bullshit, and you it can't really convert it to. But I don't know, whatever. I'm not a Miles fan. And I remember I, like, uh, like the apartments here in town will like do this thing where if you sign a lease, they'll give you like fun bucks to go spend around town. And I'm like, what? why would I not just get a cheaper apartment? And it, exactly, like with my own money. <laughs> you know, your fun bucks are cute, but I would prefer real bucks. Can I convert Sounds my like, fun bucks to? Yeah, it sounds like those factory towns back in the 1800s where, like, they'd pay you in, in like, J.P. Morgan bucks. Go down to the J.P. Morgan general <laughs> store and get yourself some J.P. Morgan cereal. Yeah, you, yeah, you can get have all the J.P. Morgan <laughs> pencils you want, monog- monogrammed pads, whatever. Only 15 Morgan bucks. <laughs> I don't know if J- – I don't think J.P. Morgan had a – I don't even know what they call those things, but they definitely existed. Just like a – because he wasn't really a production guy. He was no, like he was just like guy. a mogul. He was like just a rich yeah. man who owned. But it was everything. called like the company store, right? Mm. Yeah, and you go you go to the company store and you live in the company town and you basically be a slave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so is sad sometimes. But yeah, let's talk about how to use a credit card. Basis. Laura, when I met her, um, 
she used credit card. I mean, and she didn't re- like ring up that much debt. I think it was like one to two k when I met her. But based on her salary, which was like almost nothing, and she never paid. I mean, they were like chasing her. They're calling her parents. Like it was it was bad because um, she just didn't pay, and so she got scared off of credit cards completely. And because she went to collections and blah blah blah, she had a terrible like credit rating. Okay. So, so we're like, we have to fix this. And the thing is, like, you need to use credit cards. Like, when she buys stuff, uh, I would rather get, you know, cash back for it. And, you know, we get protection, which we which we can get into. But um, for people who've had, like, bad experiences, like, you should take, like, your Netflix bill and just put it on your credit card. And that's it. Yeah. Like, don't put anything else on it. And just, mm-hmm. you know, you could build credit that way. Whereas as long as you're just making a payment every month yeah definitely because i don't know uh about her like her proclivity towards using credit cards now but uh anna is like basically against them and she doesn't have one yet Mm. and i'm like why is she against credit card because she i think she's had like people she's known in the past who misused them Mm. right yeah and i think like when you have somebody close to home that has had trouble with a certain thing then you're you might tend to blame the thing Right. And, you know, credit cards are a tool, but they're just like a weapon. You know, you can point the gun the wrong way and shoot yourself in the foot or something like that. It gets out of control quickly. Yeah, Yeah. you can use it wrong or you can use it right. And the problem is that the marketing arm of these companies, they want you to use it wrong. Mm. You know, they make more money if if you do. So it's, it's easy to fall into that trap. But if you know how to use it correctly, then it can only benefit you. And what I've told her is like, if if you don't feel comfortable with using a credit card on a daily basis, if you feel like it's going to, you know, change your spending habits, make you irresponsible with money, lock it in a drawer, do what you said, like just have it pay off Netflix, have it pay your rent or something. Mm. And the cool thing is if you set your credit card to only pay fixed expenses that you've already budgeted for, then you can set the credit card to auto pay itself. And you'll know what it's going to be every month. You could set your clock to it. Yeah, you know the exact. Yep, and there's no interest on it. There's no nothing. You're paying off the balance every single month. So essentially, you're just routing your money through one extra step that will benefit you by increasing your credit score and possibly giving you perks. So so actually, uh, I want to touch upon that, that piece where you just said where it's like, um, you know, you don't pay interest and, you know, you pay it off in full. And so when I first started using credit cards, I got really confused with the numbers they displayed to me. And I actually had to go to my dad and he had to, like, explain it to me because – there's there's your balance, and then there's what you owe. So and then yeah. like I, I was so concerned because I I had gotten the credit card, and I you know for for ease of conversation say the the statement starts on January first right, so it's January thirtieth, or you know it's January twentieth whatever and I'm and I look and my balance is maybe like five hundred dollars, and it says what I owe is zero dollars. And I mean, I yeah. I know that my balance is five hundred, so I feel like they're fucking with me, because they're just gonna tell me I don't owe or whatever something, and they're gonna screw me. Right? It's actually just because they like you a lot. You know, you owe us five hundred dollars, but you're just so cute. We're gonna <laughs> uh, make it zero. <laughs> so so, dude, so do you, you know how like the whole uh, like timing of cards work, right? Yeah, and it can get kind of confusing because I don't know about yours, but with mine, I log in and it's like minimum payment statement balance or balance i could pay off all three of them like either one so i have to choose the, and the, i think it's like the whatever it was at the time like the the statement date cut off like that's what you're supposed to pay but then like you have the option of paying off your whole balance as well 
So I've I've always been like, well, shit, do I pay off the saving balance? Do I pay off the whole thing? Like, is is the rest of it going to carry over, or is it going to like be smart enough to know that I spent that money after the you know the rollover date? So personally, I've always just paid off the whole thing. You know, got myself to zero whatever day I decide to pay it. But here, here's the thing: maybe that that's what well, was definitely confusing to me. Um, is that like so? If you were January first, say your your bill date is January first, right? So you go January first to February first, and you spent five hundred dollars. You don't pay. I mean, like you don't have to pay the credit card company, and they won't charge you interest for February first. Like it's a, it's a month delayed. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. So you spend $500 in January, you know, February 1st is your next statement and you owe your January 1st balance like uh, on March. On February 1st? No, you don't owe it on February, do you? Oh, wait. See, that's, <laughs> See, but the, the, that's a good question. It I, makes it kind of confusing. And I, I think it might, it, might, it might depend on, uh, on the card you have. You know what I'm going to do? Yeah, I'm going to go check I'm my balance. Log in to Capital One. One moment, please. We uh, just cut out like three <laughs> minutes of, of us being on the mic <laughs> because, yeah, because I, I go to Thomas and I'm, I'm like, um, it, it's 30 days delayed. Like so, so your statement balance ends, but you don't owe your payment for thirty days, and we were both kind of unsure about it, and so we're like searching, and it's actually like super confusing. Um, yeah. But what happens is, so I'll give you an example of my Fidelity Amex. Um, so this is for my statement from December third to January second. I spent three hundred forty-seven dollars on this card. Right. Okay. The payment due date is February first, so the statement ended January second, and it's basically thirty days between when the statement ends and when I actually have to pay. So the confusing part is like they're going to display all of these numbers, you know, like what your current balance is, what your current payment is, what your minimum payment is, um, and I think the way they do this is is one to confuse you. And maybe they delay the payment so you're going to forget or kind of get out of control. It's going to feel like the stuff was free. But like under the guise of like how to use a credit card, the cool thing is, is you get a month's expenses floated like for free for a month. So you can kind of buy things ahead of like, it's basically like a one month, no interest loan provided you pay it off like in full on time. Within that time? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it is really confusing. So basically you're saying, if I buy a cheeseburger for five bucks in December, and the statement ends January 2nd, then as long as I pay that $5 back before February 2nd, there's not going to be no interest on it? Correct. Right. So you could pay it immediately when your balance ends and then your. but what's going to happen is your state, like what gets displayed when you log into your credit card thing is just going to always be like zero or it's going to be weird. Like, cause th they make the numbers like super confusing, Okay. but you have 30 days until they require the payment. And in most cases you actually have 60 days before they'll say your payment is late. So you shouldn't go uh, in that okay. second 30 days. Like you should pay it when it's due. 
you know, after the first 30 days. Okay. So what my thing says, okay, yeah, yeah, because it says, I'm looking at a statement right now, December 28th through January 27th, 2015, uh, my new balance was 862. And then it says down here in the fine print, how can I avoid paying interest charges? If you pay your statements in new balance in full by the due date, which it says is February 24th, then we will not charge any interest on any new transactions that post to the purchased balance. So if I had had a previous balance that wasn't paid before that, then interest started accruing on that during the period. But as long as it was like I bought something between the 28th of December and the 27th of January, as long as I pay for that before the 24th of February, there's no interest paid on it. So yeah, I have basically almost a month rolling forward. Cool. And and I think one of the ways that they get you is first of all, most people are doing little to no money planning. They're doing mm-hmm. like I would say little to no budgeting, but I'm going to probably say none to negative money planning or budgeting and and stuff like that. So your expenses in January you know, like January 1st through January 31st, you're going to pay on the 1st of March. That that requires you to have the cash available a month after your expenses, you know, and yeah. most people are, are running like day to day, got the money now, whatever. So then when the actual bill comes, you're like, shit, I don't have it because I bought that and I, I thought about it in January, but it's March and I've moved on. Yeah. So, so you have to basically, and I think the thing my mom told me was good, mm-hmm. you know, and this is a lesson that I would give to anybody. If you don't have the money for it in your checking account right now, don't buy it with your credit card. Like just think of your credit card as a, as a bike or yeah, as like a, as like a long route, basically like you have your highway bypass to buying something real quick way or you have the scenic route, mm-hmm. but either way you need a car you need enough gas in your tank to get there, and you can take the long route if you want, you know? And I guess in this example, the long route would take the exact same amount of gas. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, because it's, it's weird, and you may also earn different amounts in different months. Yeah. The, the way I do it, so, so I, obviously I'm like a huge fan of Mint, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, I make sure as long as the amount that I spend in a calendar month is less than the amount I earned in that calendar month, then I'm good. Yeah. I put 100%. And by spend, you mean spend on checking, credit card, anything like that, right? Exactly. All accounts. Everything. Yeah. yeah. So total spend less than – and then what happens is maybe there's some leftover, whatever. I mean I do the month-to-month budget. So when the payment happens for me is not as important because even though I'm not paying for it now – Right, it's going on the card and it floats. You know the way Mint works is it looks like it's a spend. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, because it yeah. is. So the fact that the money is sitting in your checking account is irrelevant. And and I guess like maybe the key like philosophical thing is you can't look at your account balance in your checking or savings account and think I have three thousand dollars. I'm fucking rich. I'm gonna go spend stuff. You have to keep your eye on the month to month so that you don't let that situation get out of hand. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to our little budgeting concept where, you know, you, you suggest that people should have 2.5 to three 
amounts of the you know single month's expenses in that checking account. Mm. So you can't just be like, I've got this much in my checking account. That's how much I can spend. No, it should be about a third of what you can spend. Exactly. (laughs) And that includes whatever your credit card balance is. So, you know, if you want to keep it really simple, all I do, I have a thing on my calendar. uh, I don't know what day it is, but there's a specific day every month that it says pay credit card bill. And it is several days before the due date. I log (sighs) in. I pay whatever the balance is. I'm so glad you brought that up, dude. The whole thing. So it's on my calendar. I get a text message about it. Like it pops on my phone and I have a habit every single morning in my morning routine to look at my calendar. So there is not a single morning where I do not get up and look at my calendar, which I think is, okay. <laughs> I've, I've fucked myself over in the past by not doing that. So I look at my calendar every day and if it says pay my card, I just log in and whatever the statement balance is, I pay it. So I don't even take advantage of that monthly rolling grace period. Hmm. If I, if I spent the money, I pay it off. You know, whenever that day is, even if I spent it like yesterday. Okay, dude. So, so two, I think, brilliant things that you brought up. Um, one, 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 I do, one, I don't do. Uh, the calendar thing, I have that as well, mm-hmm. even for my auto pay ones. And what happens is like, so for example, my Amazon card is auto pay, but I have it in my calendar for the sixteenth of the month. Yeah. I get, I get an alert and whatever, like credit card payment due. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the key is like. You can't rely on yourself to remember because you have so many more important and better things to remember and focus on than like paying a damn credit card bill. So the calendar reminder is huge. And then I just log in and I, I do auto pay. So I literally log in. And I'm like, okay, it happened. Good. Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of a process because I don't know, technology fails, whatever. It's just a good uh, thing to do. And um, the other thing that I really liked was uh, that you actually pay your balance immediately instead yeah. of like waiting for whatever, like like the yeah, the month grace period. Yeah, because it's 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 really a philosophical thing. I don't I don't think of it as credit. I think of it as a checking account with cashback perks. That's it. You know. Mm-hmm. So, because I don't I don't want to pay interest ever. You know, I never want to have a situation where I accidentally didn't pay on the due date, so I just log in and make sure I pay it. And I do the same thing you do. Um, or, or like for anything I automate, I at least check it, or I log in and make sure the transaction happens somehow or set up an, like an alert that says, hey, you just paid X dollars, which is cool. So on my credit card, I have an alert set up. So anytime there is ever a transaction over $35 on my credit card, I get an email about it. And since most of my fixed expenses are through that, um, I will get a notification in my email saying, hey, your electricity was paid. Good job. Hey, your uh, internet was paid. Good job. That kind of thing. That's awesome that you have a habit set up. Um, one thing uh, to, to kind of like move move on to like the next piece, um, a listener – had reached out and they're like, um, they have 10 K in debt or something like that. And, um, they, they want to do like an, a transfer to another card, right? Like because like a 0% APR transfer. Um, and if you are of any level of credit worthiness, it is highly likely you get at least one, one a month, like some APR transfer offer. Mm. Right. Uh, you that like you need to, like, open that right, 
and you need to like rip it into a million tiny pieces and rip the envelope into a million pieces and like flush it down the toilet or just that that thing is like the worst flush thing it down the toilet <laughs> <laughs> why there's someone in the other end who like pieces it together like, no because it's the same thing i think it's not meant to be flushed you're gonna clog, clog up your pipes and then you're gonna have to get a credit card to fix your pipes <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's, it's not eco-friendly but you you need to like I don't know burn it that that's eco friendly right? You want to learn a, <laughs> a little trick that I learned huh. when I was uh, an RA? So when I was an RA, we had to work in the mailroom, mm. and if you know, how, like people in dorms move a lot, so like sometimes the, the like we'll get letters that are obviously addressed to the wrong thing because the person has moved. Mm. So we had a rule: look at the stamp or where the stamp area is, and if it says pre sorted first class then you have to figure out where the person has moved to and you move the mail to their new inbox. Right. If it says pre-sorted standard, you can tear it up and throw it away. Huh. So we tore up and threw away so many people, so much people's mail due to that rule, and now I just apply it to my life. If I get mail and it's pre-sorted standard and I think it's junk, I just tear it up. <laughs> Which is all credit card offers, all APR transfer balance, anything like that. Huh. I don't worry about it. Because if you know if we were allowed to tear up and throw away people's mail for being pre-sorted standard, then it's I I don't feel like I need to look at it. Ah, that that's interesting because uh, yeah, pre-sorted. I mean, because the mail is a federal thing, and obviously tampering with the mail is a federal offense. But if yeah. you guys were able to do it based on that rule, I mean, and, yep. and the whole thing is so like this guy he's, he is 10k. He's like, oh, I can move it over to zero percent APR. First of all, the zero percent APR balance transfer while the papers make it look wonderful right it's not free there is a a full balance fee to do the transfer maybe it's like four percent or five percent or whatever oh okay so so if you yeah so if you're moving you know ten thousand dollars you're going to immediately pay a fee just for the ability to move it to a zero percent apr card yeah then you're gonna get caught in that 0% APR trap where if you miss a payment then you get hit with the entire balance APR at some ridiculous rate and uh, like that totally screws your thing up and uh, the, the, the whole thing is at the end of the day there, there's all these pitfalls um, if you don't pay down that 10k in say the year you bring it to 6k then you have 6k that's on like a 15 plus percent interest account which is ridiculous that's like i couldn't imagine anything being higher or worse yeah i i think that the safest bet is to do something like lending club or just refinance it to to a non-credit card level interest rate so like what do you mean like oh you can do like debt refinancing for credit card stuff too so um back uh a few months ago i think it was like september of of 2014 you know we were doing lmm it was like every day and just i was balls to the wall i had like no time and i let a few things get away from me and one of them is i think i racked up about like 15 or so k in credit card debt just in like being like an, an asshole right and so uh, it was kind of good because then I was able to document the process and whatever of how I got rid of it. Um, but one of the things I did like first was I took a loan out from Lending Club for the amount that my debt was. And then as soon as that went through, I took the money Lending Club gave me, paid off the debt in full, and then let the balance set on Lending Club and I cut my interest rate into more than a third. I mean, it was – nice. 
yeah, it was less than a third of what it originally was, and that just makes it easier to pay off. And yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the same thing as like reform or refinancing like your mortgage or whatever to a lower interest rate. Yeah, just makes it uh, like cheaper and cool. So what I want to do is mm. round out this episode with uh, kind of like a breakdown of your credit score and like what you should, how you should conduct yourself if you have a credit card or if you want to get one in order to keep that score high. Cool. So there are several uh, factors that go into your credit score. And honestly, I, I think the best tool for tracking this is called Credit Karma. Uh, you can find it at creditkarma.com. I believe it's in our toolbox, right, Andrew? It is. Yeah. It's it's the only one I know of that is free, actually free to get your score. And it's like ultra detailed. Like it'll yeah. tell you down to the littlest things on why your credit score yeah. is the way that it is, how you can improve it, so yep. on. And it, I think it used to just give you like a straight up number. I see now that it's like it gives me my TransUnion and my Equifax just are displayed right there, which is mm. cool. So... Um, so there's a lot of factors that go into your credit score and the cool thing is credit karma actually breaks down like why, you know, each one goes into it, uh, how much of an impact each one has and where you're standing. So you have credit card utilization. This is probably one of, if not the most important, uh, things there might be one other. So credit card utilization is basically what is your limit? So if you get a credit card, they're going to tell you what your limit is like $5,000, Five hundred dollars if you're eighteen year old kid like I was, mm. whatever it is. That five thousand dollars though, you should take that and divide it by ten, and think of that as Dude, the you're, amount. You're like spend. taking like the ideas out of my head. Like you're <laughs> like you're just. I mean, keep going because that's the whole yeah. thing. Is like when you divide it by ten, so you're only going to use ten percent. Like exactly because they give you five thousand dollar limit. Like does not mean that you should spend five thousand dollars. The max you should spend to be a proper credit worthy citizen is one tenth of that. Yep. And, and, and maybe so- to to just to pull it out further, if you have ten cards, right? I, I think the 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 thing is that ten percent should be on the total credit limits that you have. Yeah, it's it's your total entire credit limit. So your credit card utilization is added up between all of your open accounts and then compared to your limit your 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 total limit of all your open cards so and if you're like the the 11 to 30 percent area is considered good so i mean i don't think like if, if, it, you, if, if it goes that need, high it's not terrible yeah like my credit score is a 766 I, i'm pretty sure i'm going to be apply approved for whatever loan i want if i mm-hmm. want a loan i don't but uh, i use i typically i typically use more than 10 percent myself if you're getting into it and you're brand new then go for 10, you know? Mm. Um, so that's high impact. Uh, another big high impact wait, thing. Wait, and before you is, move on, I just oh. want to say that an incredible amount of math and like analyzation goes, I mean, the credit card companies, mm. they, they apply to you and your status and whatever. So yeah. the limits that you are getting are not some arbitrary thing because some dude was sitting behind a button. He's like, yeah, I like the, the color of that guy's hair. And he just like clicks like approve. Yeah. So, like you could set it as like a life rule. Like if you have, I mean, so for example, I have like sixty something thousand dollar total credit card limit, which means ten percent of that is about six thousand for me, which is like a sweet spot in terms yeah. of like my monthly spending based on my income. So, 
in general, you can use these numbers to find your sweet spot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think my my limit is fifty eight hundred over all my accounts. So five hundred eight bucks a month is what I would want to stay at. I typically go to like seven eight hundred sometimes. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not perfect, but I think it's a good rule of thumb. So zero to nine percent is considered excellent. Ten to twenty nine is considered good. After that, you're getting into fair poor territory where you do not want to be. So that and that's the one that's going to take like daily, you know, consideration of your finances. Know where you are. If you do use your credit card for like day to day purchases out and about, then you need to be more careful about it. If you're the kind of person that just wants to automate some expenses that you know are fixed, then this is easy to set up. Mm. So the second one is payment history, and this is also very high impact. Obviously, you you know they want to know are you going to pay your debts. That's their main question. Uh, so 100% on-time payments is excellent. If you miss even one, then you go down to good, which is 99%. 98% gets you down to fair. And then if you get below 97, you're in the poor territory. So literally, if you pay 97% on time and only 3% off time, you're in the poor category. And that's going to hugely affect your credit. So, so this is a huge impact thing, but there yeah. is a hack to, to beat this. So okay. if you have – if say you put all your expenses on one credit card, right – and say, say you missed one payment, right? So you, so you had one total payment in your life and you missed it. And now like you're basically like, I'm screwed for the rest of my life. Because if you have one credit card and you put everything on one credit card over the course of a year, the most on-time payments you can have is 12, one for every month. Oh, yeah. But if you have two credit cards and say you just put Netflix on one and all the rest of your expenses on another, you could have a potential of 24 on-time payments yeah. over a year and obviously with three and you know 36 and, and so on and so the hack is that obviously you never want to miss one because they penalize the shit out of you however if you have multiple cards and you could put a little bit on each and just pay it that will account as an on-time payment so you can catch back up and get yourself to 98 percent quickly if you yeah. use multiple cards Obviously yep. not in multiple cards in like a huge sense, but like five, you know, buy one coffee on 10 cards yeah. every month. So I, I do want to say like if you miss a payment, don't go out and try to apply for like 10 cards to do this hack because it's going to result in hard credit pulls, mm. which also can affect your credit score. But you so, could slowly over the course of a few yeah, months you increase could. your account number. Yep. And I think we should, we should do an episode, uh, maybe you guys already have, on uh, like – negotiation if you get denied for a credit card and stuff like that. Mm. So that could be a good thing. So yeah, payment history, keep it at 100%. That's why you need to use a calendar. Like just get in that habit, use a calendar. All right, uh, and then the, the third high impact one is derogatory marks. Most of you will not fall into this if you have, you know, it's a big factor, but that's like things like, do you have an account that's in debt collection? Have you been bankrupt before? Have you had like a civil judgment against you? That Did kind of thing. Did they repossess like, your car? Like yeah, like big things like that. Zero is excellent. Uh, you know, once you get past zero, you know, one it's fair, two to three is poor, four plus is very poor. They're going to start seeing you as a big credit risk. And and one of the cool, th I mean, not cool things, but um, if you do have a derogatory mark, um, you know, it's not the end of the world because uh, part of the factor and like the way they weighed it is the distance in time between when that derogatory mark happened and like now. Yeah. So if you had a derogatory mark last month 
uh, no one's going to give you any credit because they're like, well, you're an asshole and you just bombed your shit last month. But if it's like a year, two years, three years, like they may not even consider it anymore. Okay, yeah. So and then the, at least Credit Karma lists three others. Uh, age of your credit history. Now, there's an interesting part of this with this one. So it's the average age of all your open accounts. Meaning, one, that if you have your first credit card, you don't want to close it because that is the thing that is keeping your age, you know, the the it's it's the thing that's keeping the age up there, not just like the average age of your level accounts. Yeah. It's like the first yeah. credit card you have is yeah. But it also means that if you go open a bunch of new credit cards right now, it's going to severely cut the age of your accounts. Which is interesting because there's they're like there's two contrasting yeah. uh like metrics. There's the average age of accounts. So obviously if you've been if you've had credit <laughs> for a while, you're more trustworthy. Yep. And the other way they see it is the amount of people that are willing to lend to you is an indication of how trustworthy you are. Yeah, you're like and total accounts. So right? so yeah, so their total accounts, their sweet spot is if you have 21, 21 <laughs> or more accounts, that means you're like ultra credit worthy. So like a lot of people willing to lend to you. I, yeah. I don't even have 21 cards and I have a Macy's card, a JCPenney, a Bob's Burgers or, you know, all these bullshit accounts. So it, you have to kind of weigh um, opening accounts, which are yeah. beneficial with the fact that opening account, that means it's average age or that age for that account is like one day. Brings down your total average. Yeah. If that makes yep. any sense. Yep. And then our, uh, so that was, yeah, your total accounts. And then the last one is just the hard polls, credit inquiries on your account. Uh, you know, zero is excellent within the, within the last two years specifically. Uh, you know, one is good. And then getting past that, you're starting to get into bad territory. The thing to note here, mm. credit inquiries and total accounts are a low impact underscore. The age is a medium impact. The payment history, utilization, derogatory marks, those are the high ones. So, I'm sitting at a 766. I'm actually poor on total accounts because I only have three open. I'm fair on age of credit history. It's only four. It's like four years, three months. So I'm, I'm, you know, you don't need to worry too much about all this stuff. You don't need to be like Xbox achievement hunter on your credit score here trying to get everything perfect. Just use 10% of your credit, pay it on time, and don't go into bankruptcy. That's like the 80-20 of this, you know. Like that's what's going to make the most impact on your score. Mm. And keep you out of debt. Because if you're paying on time and you're only using 10%, it's very unlikely you're ever going to go into huge debt with your credit card. You know? I hear you. And um, I just I just <laughs> want to say, so um, I got three brews from my buddy. And, uh, I, you know, I, I was drinking this one. And, and over the course of this episode, like like the, the taste of, like, coffee and, like, nuts and stuff, it's just it's unreal. I've not had a beer like this <laughs> Pretty good. Oh, it's damn good. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to beg and plead that he like, sends me uh-huh. more. Uh, uh, yeah. You're talking about credit cards, Tom. I don't <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my this beer is so good. I'm just pouring it over my head, rubbing it <laughs> on my nipples, and <laughs> Andrew's productivity tip: tweak your nipples while you work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just make sure candles are lit. There's dim lighting. It just. <laughs> do it while you podcast exactly well do you think we've sufficiently covered it i think we've sufficiently covered it i think there'll definitely be questions send them in um yeah, definitely just just you know to again kind of like 
the, a new design came out on the website. It took a long time. It took a lot of my time. Right. Now I'm yeah. not taking on a big project for at least a month. So I'm going to be catching up on emails. So email me questions. Andrew has nothing to do. Yeah, I mean, he's like literally sitting around playing <laughs> Civ Five all day. Send him emails. I, I may do that today, but that's besides <laughs> the point. I want to. I, I hope I have time to tonight. You're recording like eight podcasts get, today or something. Not eight, but my last interview is going to be done at like 8 p.m. So, wow. yeah. And then I'm going to eat dinner and all that kind of stuff. And I've been going to bed at like midnight the past few days, which is bad because I get up at 5.50. So. Man, you, you work <laughs> so like hard, I like dragged dude. myself out of bed this morning. I was like, ah, <laughs> I don't want to do the workout, but I have to. Today was one of those days I actually got up at a reasonable time and then oh, I was yeah? kind of out, you know, like working on stuff and actually went and got like back into bed and like laid down. <laughs> <laughs> I, like di- I like digressed from. Uh... Oh, man, dude, I, I really actually like the fact that my the, my bed is in my girlfriend's apartment. Because so you I can't get up, just kind of. Yeah, I get up, I leave, I lock their door, I come to my apartment, do all my stuff. Like going back to bed would be the most inconvenient thing. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a couple of times where I just like lay on my floor, but that's not very comfortable. So, so to follow, so if I wanted to follow your 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 methods, you're saying I should just rent some like cheap ass apartment like downtown somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say like commute thirty minutes to my bed. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh man! So yeah, well, we're we're moving to a house in a few months, so we're gonna see how that works. Nice. I don't know if my room is going to be next to my office or not. Hopefully not. Mm. We will find out. Mine's like twenty steps away. It's dangerous. Uh oh. Anyway, so in recap, use Credit Karma and use a calendar. And don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you've got questions about this or any other money topic. Uh, listen, money matters at gmail.com is our email address, and we will get those questions answered for you. If you want to get involved with the show, listen, money slash get involved is where you can go. That'll show you how to subscribe to the show, how to leave a review, and how to potentially get even more involved if that's something you want to do. Mm. Um, and I'm going to read a review real quick titled Boom by <laughs> Gojo0401. He says, Andrew and Thomas do a great job with this podcast. It's finally nice to hear guys that are my age who think and act like I do instead of all the older gents out there who probably know what they're doing, but just tell you like uh, how it is. Uh, most importantly to me, they provide me insight into new apps, programs, investments, tools, etc. that I haven't heard of before and greatly assist me in getting my finances right. And also, it's entertaining. Well, thank you, Gojo0401. And if anyone else wants to leave a review for the show, we definitely appreciate it. Also, you can get our favorite money management resources, books we recommend, and all sorts of other cool stuff at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. Credit card is there. It is there. <laughs> I'm like trying to do this entire outro in one breath. It's not working. <gasps> Thanks for listening. And hang out with us. <laughs> we will see you in the next episode. Later, Andy. Later, Tom. Tell your friends about this show.